You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Podcast. Uh, that is the backing track for Procrastinate from Le Sexoflex's new album, The Naughty Contest. I love the whole album, but Procrastinate is my favorite track on it. And Miss Lady Flex and Peep Peep were good enough to send me just the instrumental version, which is not available anywhere else, and uh, allow me to use it with their blessing. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, you'll notice that that's not the same music I was using for the past two episodes. It's because my PC uh, has gone down in flames. It will possibly be resurrected by the PC maestro Jeff Estopheles sometime in the near future, but until then, I don't have any of my old stuff. So that's the new theme, uh, possibly forever. I love it. Are we ready? Let's do it. Hey, Phantomaniacs, it's your old pal, Phantom Troublemaker, and it's time for the third episode of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, this is extremely exciting for me because this episode is the one that I had in mind when I started actually doing a podcast. I've been doing the blog, uh, the website, whatever you want to call it, needlessthingssite.com. That's been going on for several years now. It started off on MySpace, and then I you know, got on Blogger and started doing that. Uh, then I bought a domain name. I'm still on Blogger. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it's the easiest thing to do. But uh, podcasting, I like being a co-host on somebody else's podcast. I love being a guest on somebody else's else's podcast, but doing my own, you know, it, it brings a certain amount of, uh, what's the word for it? It brings a certain amount of work, and I don't like work. If there's one thing you should know about Phantom Troublemaker, it's that I avoid work like the plague, and it's easy to log into Skype and to talk about stuff that I'm interested in for hours on end. No problem at all. It's a completely different story to contact and organize guests and arrange times and get everything together, keep everybody on topic, manage a schedule, send out the show notes. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes along with this if you want to do it the right way, or at least, you know, the right enough way. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm any kind of top-tier podcaster, but I, I do have a certain level of quality that I want to hit. Uh, and because of that, there's some post-production involved in these things as well. So I have to sit down, edit, and add music, and, you know, that sort of thing is just a lot of work. So, you know, one hour of podcasting is at least three hours of work, and it's just something that I have to find the time for. So... 
it's got to be a topic that is very special to me if I'm going to do a show about it. And this topic might be the most special one because it's uh, this episode is something I wanted to do. It's the reason I started doing a podcast. And what it is, it's an interview with one of my favorite bands on the planet, Lasexoflex. I first discovered their music uh, a couple years ago, and it's just, there's nothing else like it. Uh, the humor and the, the sheer quality of the music, uh, as well as the quality of the performers. Uh, peep Peep, Miss Lady Flex, Princess Genius, uh, formerly Vosity, and then DJ Homo, and, and uh, the, the folks who helped with their mixtape. They're all very, very good at what they're doing, and what they're doing is just the silliest, filthiest stuff you've ever heard in your life, and it just really appeals to me. And I actually got to meet them at Mary's when they were doing a Halloween show uh, in October of last year, and they were very, very nice. We had sort of, you know, done that half-assed, meeting chatting talking thing on on the social networks so they they were aware of who I was and I met them in Mary's and they were incredibly sweet and gracious and I had already asked them about doing one of my 13 questions posts which is something that I did for a while towards the end of the year uh, in 2012 I, it was 13 questions and I would send them to various artists and uh, did some with wrestlers, did some with buddies of mine who pursue creative things. Uh, Jason Wilson, who's an, an Emmy-winning editor. Uh, James Warbington, who is a director of Fine Zombie Films. Uh, you can find those on NeedlessThingsSite.com. But when I met La Sexaflex, uh, they were just so wonderful and so generous with their praise of what I do that I wanted to do a little bit more with them. I I felt they're such an interesting phenomenon, and that's not to say the other people I've interviewed or, or done the questions with weren't, but these guys were just something special, and, and they really embraced me. So I decided I wanted to do a full-on interview with them, and I contacted Miss Lady Flex, and of course she said yes we'd love to do an interview with you you know whatever you want to do uh we can do email we can do a chat you know anything and when she said chat uh it just popped into my head i i thought you know i'm podcasting now why can't i do this for real why why not do my own podcast because i knew uh faber director faber of earth station 1 probably wouldn't really twig to the idea of a Lasexoflex episode because the words fuck and shit and all kinds of other dirty, nasty things, butt-fucking, pussy-eating, there's no telling. He's not going to want that on his ESO network, and, and nor should he. He's relatively family-oriented over there. So my alternative was to start my own podcast with the hope of one day having Lasexoflex on. So I I did. 
I decided I was going to do it. I didn't want to have him on my first episode because I wanted to have at least a little more experience running my own podcast. The only thing I had done at that point was the Halloween podcast for the ESO Network, uh, and it went incredibly well. Everybody praised me, which is something that, you know, of course I enjoy, uh, and it, it was really a great time. I ended up sort of wrangling together, uh, I think it was five or six people, into a great conversation about Halloween. And I had fun doing it, and I didn't have to edit it afterwards, so that was awesome. But I, I had that experience, but I decided that I really needed to the whole, I needed to know what editing was like. I needed to coordinate things. So at the beginning of the year, I sat down with Mr. Bo Brown, who's starting with the next episode, uh, episode four, which I'll go ahead and tell you will be Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, but starting with the next episode, Mr. Bo Brown will be the official co-host of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, my uh, Mrs. Troublemaker made the offer. Mr. Bo Brown, uh, he graciously accepted. And I'm very excited about having him helping out because he's a fantastic personality uh, and he knows how to do this stuff. But uh, this one, I had to have all to myself. I, I told him the other night that I, I was going to be selfish on this one because this is my baby and this was my dream. Uh, the second Needless Things podcast was about Toy Fair, and that one was several guests and lots of topics, and it, it went really well. Uh, editing was a little more difficult than the first one had been because that was just a conversation between me and Bo about Masters of the Universe. Uh, the second episode took a little more effort, but I loved it, and I learned a lot doing the first episode. Uh, I learned even more doing the second episode to the point where I felt confident that I could handle Lasexoflex, so to speak. So I finally put it out there. I said, hey, I want to do a podcast. Let's do it. Whenever you're ready. Uh, you know, I wasn't pushy about it because I don't feel you, you can do that. But uh, I told him, whenever you're ready, let me know. We'll do it. And uh, Miss Lady Flex and Peep Peep were both into it. I ended up running into them at the album release for the Naughty Contest, which is their new album, which you can purchase or get for free at LaySexoFlex.com. That's the Naughty Contest, and it's fucking fantastic. It gets five out of five on the Phantom Meter, whatever that is. I just made that up. That's a new thing now, the Phantom Meter, right here on episode three of the Needless Things podcast. But uh, they were, once again, very, very gracious. We had a lot of fun uh, dancing around. There was a pie-eating contest that I did not participate in. But uh, we kind of did our final coordination there, and over the last uh, month, probably, We've been nailing it down, and finally the other night, uh, they called me up on Skype, and we sat down, and we talked, and we didn't cover everything that I wanted to cover, because I'm going to be honest with you, I was nervous. I This was the big one for me. Like It's actually a little difficult to have hit my main goal three episodes in, but this was very exciting for me. These guys are local. I mean, they're they're from uh, Butlanta, Georgia, as they say. But to me, they're as big a deal as any other band because that's how much I like them. It really doesn't matter, you know, how how much exposure somebody has or how local they are or are not. Uh, everybody's local to somewhere. You know what I mean? So 
I was, I'm not going to say I was intimidated because I think I've moved past that, uh, that stage of my life. I'm, I'm 36 years old. I've got a wife, I've got a kid, I've got a mortgage. Uh, I've got a job that's really fucking tough sometimes. Not much intimidates me anymore, but I was definitely a little nervous. I, I wanted to be good for these guys. I wanted to be, uh, on point. I wanted to be entertaining to them as, as much as I was asking them to entertain me and the Phantom Maniacs. And uh, I think it went really well. We had a, a great talk. We talked about nerd stuff. We talked about their careers. Uh, we could have gone longer, but I think what we got was really, really good stuff. And it was just so much fun talking to these guys. We were really, I feel like we got on a good wavelength. Um, after the interview, I'll pop back in and say a couple more things about the interview that'll be more pertinent once you've heard it. Uh, but for right now, uh, I've been talking long enough. I think it's time for Lay Sexoflex. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to play you the opening of the Naughty Contest. My original plan had been just to play the intro and to play maybe about a minute or so of the first track, just get through the first verse. But it's so fucking good that I want to give the whole thing to you. I want to stick it all in and leave it there. Uh, and also, in case you're not familiar with Les Exaflex, uh the first track of the Naughty Contest is a good way to know exactly what you're getting into here or uh, what's getting into you, as the case may be. So, uh, starting right now, this is the intro to the Naughty Contest and the opening track, which is called Mindify. And hang in there and listen, and immediately afterwards we're going to go straight into the interview and we're going to get filthy, dirty, lubed up, inserted, outserted, extended, uh, all kinds of nasty with the winners of the motherfucking naughty contest, the sexiest motherfucking band in the world, Les Exoflex. Oh, hello there. Are you ready for a story? Maybe you've heard some dramatic rumors. Miss Lady Flex went and got a brain tumor. Princess Genius, she's the queen of L.A. DJ Homo, he's new. Surprise, he's gay. We lost a Voss D to the travel of space. But PP holds it down. But Lanta is his place. We're L-E-S-E-X-O-Flex Triple X. The motherfucking winners of the Naughty Contest. Entrez-vous. Don't think you'll shut me down I'm here to start you up You must be new around So I'm here to get you up Mind if I sleep with your boyfriend Mind if I sleep with your girlfriend Mind if I hang with your boyfriend Mind if I rock climb your girlfriend Three is company, three is company, three is company You and me and me, three is company, three is company, three is company You and me and me Now, hit a grand slam with your pants, Sam. Gonna- 
ladies in a blouse, yo, they looking perky. Balls be turning blue, you can say they smurfy. Hot tamale train like Mary Murphy. I thought she was playing when she said she had a man. Then I met the sexy fucker and I thought, hot damn. Put my hand onto her thigh. Looked him dead in his eyes and I said, do you mind if I fondle your penis? How about we shorten the space in between us? You seem like the kind of folks that I like to meet. A couple freaks who want to leak in between my sheets. We can rotate in the middle, play me like a fiddle. Finger cuff humps while we give each other fist bumps. Guess you can say they was monogamish and then we fit up it together like a game of Tetris. Mind if I sleep with your boyfriend? Mind if I sleep with your girlfriend? Mind if I hang loud your boyfriend? Mind if I rock climb your girlfriend? Three is company, three is company, three is company, you and me and me. Three is company, three is company, three is company, you and me and me. And finally, at long last, I am sitting here with none other than Miss Lady Flex and Peep Peep of Lace Sexo Flex. This has been a long time coming, mm. <clears throat> if you will. Softy. <laughs> 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 right. And that's what we aim for here. High quality, uh, highbrow humor. Uh, but it's, I, I've, I've been wanting very badly to talk to you guys in a place that was not a loud gay bar. So this is very exciting for me. That's accurate, actually. I think the only times we've ever seen you have been at Loud Yeah, Which is, you're the only folks that can say that, I, I can say, honestly. Or occasionally I do see you at, at wrestling events incognito. But that's, that's right. Uh, we were both at the big PCW uh, show, Sacred Ground 3, out in Porterdale with the Porterdaleans. Yes. The yes, I love me some Stephen Platinum. He is a dear, dear friend of mine. He taught me how to fight bitches, and that's true. I I believe that. I've actually seen him fight bitches, and it's pretty amazing. He's good at it, but you know what? I can beat him. It's <laughs> not as often as he can beat me, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll start off with a couple of intros, uh, just quick G.I. Joe file card style. Uh, let's kick it off with Peep Peep. Who are you? What do you do? What is your position in Lay Sexoflex? <laughs> I'm Peep Peep. Um, I'm completely versatile. I'm about 50-50. Uh, but <laughs> I'm queer rapper, uh, Billy Badass, radical superhero. G.I. Joe style. What? That is fantastic. I, in your favorite position? <laughs> I could not say that I have a favorite. Oh, he does not want to pick. Variety is the spice of life, my friends. Why, why narrow it down? No, any position is a good one. If you did that in public right now, it'd ruin your life because everybody would just assume that that was all you wanted to do. Oh. You don't want that. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lady Flex. How, yes. how did you bring this, this magical group of jiggle jammers together? Uh, well, goodness. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Miss Lady Flex of La Sexo Flex. And, uh, well, I was uh, touring around in a hover dumpster and I saw, uh, the lovely Miss Princess Genius and, uh, Peep Peep on the, uh, street corner. And I thought that they looked like, uh, delicious pieces of trash to come on in. So, uh, I saw Peep dance and I thought, I need to have that. And I saw Princess Genius rap and I said, I need to have that. 
And back in the day, Vasdi and Master Dong, they just hitched a ride on the back of the hover dumpster, uh, much akin to Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really just the fact that I had a car and I wanted more people to be in it. <laughs> as, as these things happen. Yes, it's exactly, that is how the band started. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's an amazing story. So the, the first time I ever heard of you guys, well, well, I didn't realize the first time that I heard you, uh, the first time I was, I was, uh, cognizant of the fact that it was La Sexaflex was when I saw the video for Marriott Cock Squat. Yes. Which is, as far as I'm concerned, the official Dragon Con theme song. Oh, thank you. I wish they thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, first of all, they don't seem to like local acts very much at all. No, they just like crook shadows. They That's love the, them. They just want crook shadows and, uh, and our friend, uh, Doc Hammer, who is in Weep, which Weep is an amazing band, but that's the only bands that they want. Crook shadows and Weep. Weep, I think they didn't even invite back last year, did they? I don't know if he wanted to do it. Uh, we actually stored some of his equipment in my, uh, my floating box for a while. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, I got to see him, uh, a couple of years ago, and and I thoroughly enjoyed Weep. I, and the only reason I went is because of their absurd cover of uh, "Shut Up and Drive." Oh, I don't know if I even heard that version. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, I I, I wasn't ready for a. Uh, I don't know how you, how you describe Weep. I guess alterna emo rock. It's, it's goth. It's uh, it's it's um post rock goth. There no. you go. You're not goth. Who's goth? I'm not goth. I'm are you goth? Crook shadows are goth. Are you phantom? Are you goth? No, I can't say that I am goth. And I, but you wear a cowl. I I do, but it's really it's really more of a mask. Now I could probably make one goth. That okay, could happen. So if you put some black lipstick over your mask and maybe um oh I don't know. Did some secret cutting on it, you'd be fine. That does not goth a make. I, I think I could, I could sneak in amongst them and perhaps learn something. Oh, that is a fine idea. Like, like that lady did with the gorillas. Oh! Oh, Jane Goodall. Yeah, Jane, I could sneak in amongst them like Jane Goodall and, and learn their ways and, <laughs> and tell the world about how, what, what gentle creatures they really are. So you heard about us through the Marriott Cock Squat, eh? That's right, I did. I, I and I can't remember how I came across the video exactly, but uh, I did, and it was too good to like. It, it didn't come across like one of those one-offs that are all over YouTube. I was like, well, these they seem to kind of know what they're doing. Like, there's was it a really Will Wheaton posted us. What's Will that? Wheaton? Was it because Will Wheaton posted us? It it had nothing to do with Will Wheaton. Okay. I'm, so. I'm not a huge follower of the Wheaton. <laughs> I, I enjoy his work. You're gluten free? <laughs> I am Wheaton free. He, he I have trouble digesting him. So wait, so what's your take, your take on Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> I'm, I'm a Geordie LaForge guy. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm a Riker girl. Oh yes, the, the, well the beard does it. Yep. Wait. Number and also he's number one, which I know Pete Pete likes. <laughs> I do <laughs> all over my face. But uh, no, I, I I saw the video and it was too too. I, I figured there had to be more out there, and I found the site with the with Invagin the possibilities as a free download, 
Yes. And I kind of went back and forth. Do I really want to download this strange thing from these strange people? Do I trust <laughs> this? And finally, I just, the, the bouncing images, the grape licking and the bouncing redhead and the, the fellas, I couldn't resist anymore and I had to download it. And you I, have those fellas, those fellas, <laughs> those saucy fellas in their <laughs> tiny shorts. I believe, uh, Vas D was hovering above on a balloon. <laughs> those shorts were homemade. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And don't you forget it. <laughs> I never will. Uh, believe me, I never will. But uh, I downloaded it and I listened to that thing constantly oh. uh, for for a while. And I'm, I'm talking like on the way into work every morning I was listening to that. And, and it just, it was so different from anything that I'd heard before with all of the different samples and... Just the filth. The pure filth is what was really entertaining me the most, honestly. It's pretty filthy. It, it, it really is filthy. I had to wash my car out after each listen, which, which got yeah. to be tedious. We like to think of it as a Mr. Toad's wild ride, uh, plus jizz. <laughs> That's good. I, I think that really should have been the byline on that one. Uh, so what, how did, what, what made you sit down and decide to record that? What was the, like, what was the first time you guys kind of got it together and, and we're like, we're going to record a, a filthy, dirty, hilarious song. Um, well, we actually had a bunch of uh, songs that we'd been performing live uh, that we wanted to collect and put in a happy place. And uh, a mixtape was uh, a great way to showcase some of the stuff that was shorter. We uh, kind of had a, a way for a while of writing songs that were under two minutes long. So... <laughs> But it was also definitely, uh, Marriott Cox Squad was definitely the first song that we recorded. Yes. And that was for the video. Mm-hmm. And, you oh, know. Oh no, it was actually just to perform at Dragon Con and the year later we recorded the video. Oh well we had the, the backing track yes. for when we performed at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. And then we did the studio recording for the video. Mm-hmm. But um, we heard that and we were like, whoa. We actually don't sound ridiculous. I mean, we sound ridiculous. <laughs> we sounded completely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, the mixtape just kind of fell in our laps. And mm-hmm. we humped it until everyone had a great time. Yes. Um, and we had some, we definitely had some key players on that, um, outside of the group, uh, namely Tractor, who is our benefactor, Abel Magwitch of sorts. Uh, he is the heart of the band. He is Mati. Um, and, uh, that's a Captain Planet reference. And. Wow. And also the Baron, um, who is sort of our nameless shadowman, uh, who is our audio dude and makes things sound pretty and makes us sound pretty and is an amazing instrumentalist. Yeah, I've got the, uh, this tractor single and I was kind of wondering who that was about because it's, it's clearly a, a specific person you're referencing in that one. Yes, it is about Tractor. He's, and not just him, but he to, to us is a example of how, uh, super masculine, beefy dude should be. Like, he's, he, well, I mean, I mean, masculine should be is certainly not a direction I would go. No, that's, <laughs> that is not what I mean. He's our master splinter <laughs> to be certain. <laughs> so that, I was thrilled when that fell into my lap. And, uh, and enjoyed every bit of it. And I'm guessing the mixtape thing, the, the samples from other artists were just kind of a way to fill something out and give it a, a little more body and, uh, and obviously 
uh, like copyright came into that a little bit as far as it being a free download. Is that is that about right? Mm-hmm. I think the way that everyone releases music, this, and I think that we were like probably, I mean, I hate to say this, but we were probably like towards the beginning of the era that mixtapes were becoming a, a regular thing mm-hmm. for artists. Like nowadays, it's like every artist has a mixtape and an EP and maybe another mixtape before they officially drop their first album. And, um, yeah, we were just picking up beats where we found them, writing fun songs. There's probably, like, only three songs on that entire mixtape that are original beats that we own. Mm-hmm. And outright. some of those are the uh, are the demo key on uh, Peep Peep's Casio that uh, <laughs> Master Dong found. That is true. Uh, but, yeah, we just, like, put it together, and we worked with the Baron and Tractor to work on the mixtape to add all the samples. And, like, it was just, like, a fucking vomit of pop culture and filthy sex and appropriateness that amalgamated into imagine the possibilities. Well, and that's definitely what got me because the uh, really mixtapes, the, like the sound bombing stuff from probably the early two thousands, a lot of the hip hop stuff is kind of my only familiarity with that. This was was outside of my musical frame of reference for the most part. I'm not, there's a lot of dance stuff in there and I'm not really a dance guy. So it was definitely all the pop culture and all the, the, the filthy humor that, that drew me into it. And the beats were all so good that it just kind of went along with it and I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm glad to say that the naughty contest has, is really a, a growth of that, that the quality is there so much so that even though I'm not a big dance guy, it's still thoroughly enjoyable to listen to. You're a sweetheart. That's oh. It's nice. <laughs> yes, and it is nice to know that we can pull people in with things like that Clockwork Orange uh, score at the beginning and the uh, Willy Wonka adventure in the middle and even uh, Finger Bang Orangutan, who I'm sure uh, tons of people are very familiar with. <laughs> um, but then, of course, going into things like the... Uh, Lil Kim uh, beat that Peep and Princess Genius rap over for uh, Pussy Invite. So it's it's nice that we have this sort of mix, and I think that that's great that you you found that in there. Well, and that's the thing. I think anybody can pick up little bits and pieces and and be like, like you may you may lose somebody for a second, and then all of a sudden it's Jane Lynch from Role Models, and you're <laughs> like, oh, it's the cocaine bit. That's fucking awesome, you know. <laughs> and then the '80s commercials at the end uh, or towards the end of it. Uh, it's all it, well, and the. Uh, Bust a move, uh, track later on. The, oh, I mean, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, middle middle class ballers, middle class, yeah, middle ballers. class ballers, yes, <laughs> yes. So there are little things like that throughout that just they they come out at you and they they kind of evoke the the nostalgia, I guess. And you're like, oh wow, this is fantastic. This is really, you know, the, there are parts of this that are very much me, even though it's not necessarily my thing. So. And I think we, it was nice to have people like Tractor help us with that because I, um, much to his credit, he really pulled that together and made it what it is. He and Baron together, strung it together to make it that like nostalgic piece and a full story, um, with all the different sort of, uh, sound bites and, and, uh, uh, scores sort of trickled throughout. Um, they definitely, made it a little bit more friendly to people who may not know dance or may not know Gigglebox Electrosex, which is our true genre. I, I, is there really anybody who's not familiar with Gigglebox Electrosex, though? 
I mean, is that even a fair statement? Anyone who's not familiar with Lucy Saxo play. It is, um, (laughs) it is a genre in media play. (laughs) Media play. How long? Oh, I missed that store. I miss it too, because there was a way that you could steal books from there. Um, and I, I missed that when I was 15. That was a great way to, uh, get pretend income when you were learning about Wicca. It was fantastic. <laughs> you have to find ways to pursue literacy. I, I think that's, that's, uh, many presidential platforms have been based on that. So I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine anybody having a problem with. No, it's just a library that. with more money. So I don't understand why I can't just take a book. I mean, same thing, right? Yeah, they're pretty much better funded. That's very true. So what, how does, how does this, as far as the writing, when, when you guys are putting together the, the lyrics and the, and the jokes and, and whatever, is it just purely collaborative? Does everybody just throw in a little bit? Um, it's different on each song. Some of us have songs that are sort of like our babies and we want to each like coddle and take care of and drive. Uh, and for me on the most recent album, um, I would say that Mind If I was a song like that for me was like, I want to make sure this is right in mind. And then we have other songs like Procrastinate and, uh, Fashion Fucker that are very collaborative and very like, Oh, what about this? Put this here. Okay. You do this part. I'll do this part. So it's, it's very different. I know that Peep Peep's baby on this, uh, this album was Piggy Piggy. Do you want to talk about that for a bit, baby? Um, there's a song called Piggy Piggy. It's about nasty. Boys having sex together, which is something. The girls aren't on it. Yes, that's, that's something that he knew about that neither one of us really knew about. So we had a very hard time knowing how to contribute. Well, and it is, uh, it's, it's definitely your track, man. I mean, I when that one started, uh, that was, that was definitely like, wow, Peep Peep has. This is a progression. This, you you stepped up and that's yours and it was it it felt like kind of a statement from you which obviously it is but i mean it was just very impactful I suppose it is <laughs> the statement that he was making was i would like to have sex i think that's fair i'm a nasty faggot piggy and let's have sex <laughs> It's hitting midnight and I'm on the prowl for more Sexy, flexy, belly, friendly, nasty, fucking pig Looking for a like-minded constituents Head to the barnyard, ready for the man shaft Yo, ho-ho, drop it like a badass Riding body, sweat, speakers Plenty of little piggies wanna lick my sneakers But where's that perfect bubble bottom? Check the list to get my cock robbing, babe Less shave, less and number one will be shame Less if it ain't my scene I ain't gonna hate though, pop that shit like what with no I'm looking for the boy I can say hello Take him from the barrel up, burn the flow Here, piggy, piggy, here, here, piggy, piggy Here, piggy, piggy, here, here, piggy, piggy Deal, piggy, piggy, kneel, piggy, piggy Here, piggy, piggy, here, here, piggy, piggy Or feel it, piggy, piggy, keep it real, piggy, piggy Here, piggy, piggy, here, here, piggy, piggy Now squeal, piggy, piggy, squeal, squeal, piggy, piggy Here, piggy, piggy, here, here, piggy, piggy Boink, piggy, piggy Come give this boy a bone No, my booty's so cute You wanna take it home Hog tied on the bed I'm squealing 
Ricochet and and how did how did he come into it? Ricochet is actually like my little brother. He's like my little rap brother. But I knew him before he was a rapper, before he was like trying to be a superstar, and now he is a rapper and he is trying to be a superstar. And I am just hoisting him up to be the superstar that he is. I fucking love that kid. But um, he uh, has been doing some things on his own with some other people. And, uh, like I said, we were friends before any of the creative stuff was even a part of the equation. So it was like a supernatural thing for he and I to come together and work on the track together. So it was super fun. Well, you guys did a great job going back and forth. There's a very natural flow there. It, it works really well. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what are naughty contest is out now. Where where can everybody go and uh, purchase the Naughty Contest? I will spell it just in case people are just tuning into this podcast because it's being played on 20 million uh, gigawatts of radio. Uh, L-E-S-E-X-O-Flex.com is where you can uh, download for free or pay what you can um, and purchase the album. You can pay zero dollars or you can pay a hundred. It's really whatever you can pay. 
Most people pay about five to ten or zero. <laughs> I don't think anybody should pay zero, and that's that's the honest truth. This is something I think that people can pay zero if they want to. <laughs> we don't know who pays zero. We will put that out there. If you put in zero, a name does not flash up, and that's a hundred percent true. But it does tell us that somebody paid, and that's very very nice. Yes, um, we actually we we would rather people listen to it. Than not. We know that not everyone has like an income to buy music and music is meant to be shared amongst the masses. So if you can't afford it, just take it for free. If you can't afford it, give us a buck or two or five or ten, whatever. We are also on iTunes and Spotify and I believe something called Rhapsody. We don't know. It's wherever TuneCore likes to put it. That just like it likes to just finger whatever holes, so we're on Spotify. We're, too. we're on Spotify, so if one of my uh, friends told me, if those I'm are not easier, on Spotify. I don't know nothing about that. But you do now. You know we're on there. Apparently, we're on there. <laughs> we uh, used to have some of the other singles on there. But I want to get a Pandora soon. station just to see who else pops up with us. We can do that right now. <laughs> that would be great. That needs to happen. I don't think that we're on Pandora. I don't know if we are, but that's good to know. Somebody figure that out right now in the internet. <laughs> I think somebody should, uh, there, there should be a pool on who pops up with Le Sexoflex on Pandora. Ooh. That needs to happen. Oh, so who would, who would you guys think? I, uh, we couldn't find any matches for Le Sexoflex, just by the way. Oh, whoa. Uh oh. Are we looking for matches now? Yeah, I just pulled up my phone, and now playing is playing something that's not us. What is it? It's Maybe it's a match. What is? No, it's it, we couldn't find any matches for Le Sexoflex. So they started playing country music. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, you have a country song, though. Oh, we do. We have the Poop on Face uh, Nashville version. <laughs> that's right. So um, that... And also some another Poop on Face country-ish song was a Poop on Face melancholy version that a very, uh, very sweet girl that we don't know, I believe... Out of either Minnesota, mini, mini, something with mini, out of the mini mouse state. Um, she, maybe it was Michigan, something with an M. Um, she used to sing a poop on face version at her summer camp and she made a melancholy version for us. That's it's sort awesome. of country-ish. Alt country. So we have country and alt country versions of it. That's gotta be the best thing. I like uh, having somebody find your stuff and then do their own thing with it. I mean, that's, that's gotta be a good feeling, right? It's, um, you know, I think the first time we did a show and I saw somebody singing the lyrics to Robot Sex back at me, it was this weird moment of like, oh, wow, people are really taking to this. Um, and it was just somebody that had seen us practice over and over at Peep Peep's Ranch. <laughs> and it was it was just so endearing and so neat. But definitely, like, seeing people cover our songs is a huge uh, boner getter. I think the first video, though, was on Vimeo. And it was this dude, and we still don't even know who he is, but this dude posted a video um, of his baby dancing to poop on face. <laughs> and the video, the video is called Baby Shelby Dances to Poop on Face or something like that. And it's like literally this dude like laughing while he holds his baby's hands as she dances to poop on face. So when we released the single... We made the radio edit, the Baby Shelby radio edit, dedicated to Baby Shelby, who is dancing to us. And shouldn't be hearing words like, spread it all over the motherfucking place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rattles and squeaky toys just for babies on yeah. that track. We replaced all the curse words with 
baby toy squeaky noises. I was wondering about that because I've got that remix and I was like, the song is still talking about poop on face. Why are they censoring <laughs> the, the oh my god! Parents love yeah. that song. Parents <laughs> seriously love that song because they are seriously getting poop on their faces. <laughs> Sometimes they tell me that they they reverse it and they say stuff like "You've got poop in your butt," which is like, okay, yeah, of course you got poop in your butt. All uh, of us do. That's how that works. But that's okay. I think it's them trying to teach the baby where the poop should be going, and I that's mean, okay. Unless you're about to do some fisting, and then you probably have prepared for. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, oh, did I just did I just cross a line? No, no there are no all, lines. I'm Great. just thinking about all the things I have to do when you said preparation. <laughs> that's all. There's there's tarps and 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 latex and Close. all sorts of things. <laughs> Got to get a lot of plastic, a lot of lube. It's uh. It's an undertaking. No, there there are no lines on this show. The only the only rule I really have is nobody is allowed to say the N word because nobody wants to hear Nickelback. Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were gonna say ooh, Nymeria, I can't you said it. I can't and I was like, ooh, ooh, I'm a little uncomfortable. I miss Nymeria. She ran away. I'm like that was all. <laughs> that that always comes up, and things get a little awkward because that's just something that nobody wants to bring up. But I, you have to put mm-hmm. it out there. People might not realize it could casually slip out. You got to be careful. Oh, I hate with that it when it casually thing. slips out. No, <laughs> it's good to have Nickelback awareness. Excuse me. That word awareness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's a slur. Um, um, speaking of sort of speaking of videos, that's, if that's a segue. Uh, so, so <laughs> suck dick eat Cheetos. Mm-hmm. How how did you arrive at that being the the first video from the naughty contest? Um, I think it's perhaps the most visual of our songs in some ways. Sure. Um, that was one we really wanted to work with our dear friend uh, David Bonowitz to put something out as the first uh, video for our our first album, the Naughty Contest. Um, and that was a song that he really took to, and we all thought it sounded like a really fun idea to put out as a first video. There was two songs that he brought mm-hmm. as an option, and we're not going to tell you what the other one was, because it might be our next video. Oh, a mystery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. If it's your favorite song, it might have been his other favorite song, and it might be our next video. Oh. <laughs> Never know. We don't know what our next we, video we is. Don't really know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Um, but that was, uh, that's, that, uh, speaking of babies earlier, that is Princess Genius's baby, um, Suck Dicky Cheetos. And so it was nice to see that come to full term and be birthed and be the first thing to really highlight. And that was actually, I think, one of the first full songs recorded that made it on this album. That yeah, this, from our collection. This oh. was a long recording process too. Wasn't it about, what, three years? We started, um, actually no, Necrosex was the first that I guess made it because that was October 2009. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't include Necrosex. Yeah, we sort of, we had a sophomore year where we just flunked out and we deleted a lot of songs. Um, we do have some that just made, just made it, didn't make it past the cutting room. So. I would say that there's three songs, <laughs> uh, if you don't include Necrosex, there's three songs that were like, <laughs> at, at least two years old that made it onto the album. And it was like, I even remember when we went back to finish one of them, we sat with the producer and he was like opening the session so we could go back and like <laughs> fix some parts of the song. And he, we like 
the date on the previous recording was like two years prior. And we were like, <laughs> oh my god, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> We've just had this demo sitting on our iTunes for two years. But you know, Vasti had to go into space. Miss mm-hmm. Lady Flex had to deal with brain clampy. Mm-hmm. And everyone is the wiser. <laughs> well, and that's, I remember, uh, early last year you guys were on a local radio station and you played She Cold. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was very cool because I was, I was sitting in the car on the way home from work listening to that. And, uh, getting to hear the new song was awesome. And then, yeah, you got the, uh, thing, things didn't go as planned, I suppose you could right. say. They never do. No. But usually it's not quite something that severe. But right. thankfully, oh. Miss Lady's Flex's I'm... brain is more powerful than that. I can melt things with my head. Oh no, look out, peep peep, your glass is exploding. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to clean that up. Uh, crash, crash, that's the sound effect, excuse me. That's the first time we've ever had live telekinesis here on the Needless Things podcast. Well, now you have it, and you can put that in your resume. That's so good. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so it it was definitely, part of it was just songs that we didn't quite know we wanted to go, and then part of it was just, you know, of course, Vasti leaving, uh, me having issues. Princess Genius moved to L.A. actually in the middle of... Uh, the production of Imagine the Possibilities, so I don't know why it took us so long to record stuff for the Naughty <laughs> Contest. Other than it was hard to get her face in front of a microphone, other than when she came to Butlanta. Yeah, it's it's tough to coordinate more than, like, two people. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that with the first podcast I ever put together. Uh, it was a, a Halloween one, and we ended up having seven people on that thing. Stephen Platinum was one of them, as a matter of fact. And it's a nightmare. I yeah. I can't imagine trying to get people together to record like an entire album of material. Now Google Calendar can only do so much. <laughs> it can't actually force people to show up. No, it can't. No, no, it can't. Nope. And we've definitely had some incidences of people in jail, or I won't say who, or people just sleeping. Like we've had that for sure. People just forgetting they live on the West Coast. That's definitely happened. Well, people being too fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not me, of course. <laughs> so, uh, what is, uh, Stephen Platinum? How, how do you, uh, how do you know Mr. Platinum? I know, uh, Mr. Platinum from my days as a, um, I used to clean up popcorn from, uh, wrestling troops. Sure. So that's how I know him, is I would see him as Double L, the lethal litigator. Right. And just sweep up every bit of popcorn that the uh, 1930s uh, audience would throw. That's completely not true. I don't know how we know Stephen this, Platinum. This was uh, this was back at the uh, the carnivals where they had the the uh, the plants in the crowd that would get wrestled to the ground by the burly strongmen. Yes, yes. Uh, I was often an audience mark. Um, but actually, I used to perform with Stephen. Um, we had a review we would do called Porch Show. Um, where we would do performances on a porch for free because we were trying to uh, raise awareness about the arts. Well, and those, for those that don't know, Stephen Platinum is is about uh, 20 gallons of creativity in a 10-gallon bucket. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> and uh, a, a tremendously talented wrestling promoter. 
And, well, he's uh, one of the best. I, I actually, I don't know any other wrestling promoters, so I can safely <laughs> say he is the best wrestling promoter I know. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that 100%. I, I've never met a, uh, a better booker than Stephen Platinum. Uh, so the Naughty Contest out now. Uh, you can find it on lesexoflex.com and basically pay whatever you want for it. Thank you, Bandcamp, for arranging that. Lovely site. Great for new artists. If you're a new artist, go on Bandcamp. Set up an album. Even if you're an old artist. Even if you're an old artist, put something up there. You can do pay what you can. Or you can make a minimum price, like 69 cents, because that's hilarious. <laughs> hey. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about nerd stuff, because you guys obviously have a lot of, of, uh, genre nerdy influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's watching Game of Thrones right now. Is that about right? Yes. Meow, 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 I love that Aria the Cat <laughs> YouTube video. Yeah. Yes. That is what I hear every time someone says Game of Thrones. That's pretty awesome. That's a, that's a nice, uh, that's almost like intro music for a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because all you have to say is like, so you guys watching, meow, 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 and they go with it. I think so. I I would, definitely. Uh, if, now, I've not read the books of this thing. Oh. I have not. I'm about, I don't, I'm about a, a couple percents through the first book. Okay, so, so we're... I don't feel like I've been reading it forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get to read like I used to be able to read. They, they banned books at my job. Uh, I used to go through about a book a night, and it was pretty awesome. And Ooh. now I can't do that anymore, so maybe Here's someday. PDFs. Yeah, and I need to, I need to, I told you I'm bad with computering. Oh, okay. I, well, says the podcast we'll, guy. Right, we'll talk right. offline. We'll talk offline. Yeah, I need to figure out how to make that happen because the, the time could pass. Of course, then that would impact my writing, which would be a bad thing. But well, uh you split it. Sometimes the reading influences the writing. It can be helpful. Yeah, that's very true. Well, um, what is there to say about Game of Thrones? I mean, really. Daenerys Targaryen, hot bitch. I mean, that's... Peter a... Dinklage, top five celebrity crushes. What? Yeah, Totally hot. Every line out of his mouth is the best line that's ever I, been said on television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, every line is something we all want shot. Uh, so here's here's a, a bit of a thing. This is a discussion. So The Walking Dead, also very, very big-time television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, also full of lots of talky-talk. Mm-hmm. However, I mm-hmm. can sit and watch the Game of Thrones folks talky-talk for an hour and be thoroughly engrossed. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Walking Dead people just don't engross me quite so much. Oh, as far as the cast or the show that they put I, on? I think it's the cast more than anything. Because Peter Dinklage can sit there and speak with John Connor's mom <laughs> for 15 minutes. Wait, John Connor's mom is on Game of Thrones? It, yeah. Uh... Cersei, who is, wait, is that Cersei who's John Connor's mom? Uh, oh. Oh my gosh, all the names have completely fallen out of my head. The, uh, the, oh, the, twin, the twin-cest lady. Yes, Cersei. Yeah. Cersei oh, Lannister. Lady Lannister. Yeah, yes. she was on the, uh, Sarah she Connor. She John Connor's mom? Yes. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna be so disappointed when Michael Bean shows up in Westeros. Pardon you? 
when when I'm, Michael Bean shows up in Westeros, it's going to be a letdown, but he's there to save Joffrey, I guess. Michael Bean. <laughs> I'm so out of the loop. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Oh. Uh, we did it. We had a nice Michael Bean off a couple years ago, and it was all about how hot he is in Aliens. So uh, in pretty much everything. I mean, that yeah. guy was was the 80s. A big deal. I don't quite understand why he hasn't had some kind of major comeback. He hasn't had a flamethrower in a few years, and I think that's the problem. Um, so I think we just put a flamethrower in his hands, and he'll he'll have been back in action. I think that's a verb term I can use. So yes, Game of Thrones. Very interesting people to watch. Uh, did you hear? The, okay, what's her name? Amelia Clark. Okay. Daenerys in real life, Khaleesi in real life. Right. I believe she dated Seth MacFarlane, and I do not know how to feel about it. I. She's, she's a hot bitch. Like she's hot. Yeah, he's hot. But he's scary. I I he's find hot him. And he's a fucking millionaire. Hello. See, that's his only advantage to me. I have no tolerance for Seth MacFarlane's particular brand of humor. I'm. You not... don't like Family Guy? Okay. I I liked the first season or two of Family Guy, mm-hmm. and then it just wore thin for me. I was done with it. Now I just can't take it. And American Dad never clicked with me. I have a hard... You know what? I do have a hard time clicking with him. I, I don't... I, I appreciate that people love him, but I'm just not... A, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Um, I would rather have something funny. <laughs> Very well said. And, I, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the guy, because... One one of the things that I can admire about a person is the ability to appeal to the masses, regardless of, you know, the masses' lack of taste or whatever. But I do appreciate. I think he's. I love that he is very referential. I love how referential Family Guy is. Uh, I know American Dad less so, but I uh, I do appreciate that he does reach that echelon of putting in a good Urkel joke. Um, that's forever going to be have a place in my heart. It's just sometimes it's every two seconds. And, uh, and my attention span doesn't know where to look. It's like when you're in a bathroom full of naked dudes and you don't know which penis you want to see. It's just too many all at once and sometimes it's scary. It's like that. I, I've got to say scary is the word that I related with the most in your, your, uh, <laughs> particular comparison there. Straight boys are funny. <laughs> Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Straight but not narrow. No, yes, I appreciate. Let's talk about more dorkery. Wait, wait. Yes. Can I bring something up? Yes. Yes. This is something that we should all, it's very topical. Okay. Man of Steel. <gasps> oh, good one, good one. You've seen the new trailer then? Yes. Does okay. it have you convinced? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I, I, I've, I want very badly, cause here's my, I like Zack Snyder's style very much. I don't think it's a good idea to let that guy do his own thing. I think he needs heavy editing and production. He needs somebody to tell him no. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got Christopher Nolan on this to tell him no. I think it could be a good movie, but this most recent trailer that everybody shot a load in their pants over isn't convincing me <laughs> that this is going to yeah, be a good movie. Even Christopher Nolan is like, I mean, you're coming off of the Batman franchise, but is that... 
I mean, my problem at the end of the day, I'm not a fan of the Batman trilogy. I think that the Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger, the Heath Ledger one is the only one that is worth anything. The other two are garbage. My whole thing is that, like, I liked my superheroes to be fun and aspirational, and the DC movies are just way too take myself too fucking seriously, and... Those Batman movies are, like, too fucking serious. I think the Superman movie is, like, that... It's just taking itself too seriously. I just... I don't want that. They're they're a lot grounded than the the previous... Fuck grounded! I live in grounded every day! No, but I'm saying that's why. Like, it seems... You're right. It's a lot grittier. It's a lot more like, here's the dirt and the earth. And I don't want to show you fun gray dirt like Tim Burton. I want to show you actual brown dirt which everybody can see every day i agree with you 100 percent uh i actually i think that nolan's batman movies are awesome movies but are terrible batman movies (laughs) they're great movies if they're about some guy who learned how to be a ninja but if you've created a universe that Poison Ivy and Clayface and Mr. Freeze cannot exist in, mm-hmm. then you've made a shitty Batman movie. Mm. That's mm. a really interesting mm. point. Mm. Like, I mm. um, I think mm. one of my favorite... My finger's touching my nose right now. I, I really... <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Arkham City about, I guess, last November 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely loved that universe. I thought that was like, if they could make a movie out of that Batman world, yeah. I would be a happy, happy camper. I thought that was like so well executed and um everybody had sort of their own place and it was still dark and still gritty and it still wasn't like overly poppy. Um, but it wasn't as this could be your life as a lot of the Nolan films are. And I think the Nolan films are beautiful. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that they are great films. Um, but as somebody growing up with the Burton Batmans and with stuff like, uh, the Batman, the animated series was my first real dive into all of it. Yeah. Um, it feels strange. And I know that that's a fun surprise, <laughs> but just not for, that's a new, that's actually a new trend is let's, uh, let's make this really earthbound. Like a lot of people are trying to make yeah. very realistic superhero movies, which kind of takes, it takes a little bit of the breath out of it. Yeah. And ultimately at the end of the day, what we want from a Superman movie is Superman Flying around, looking awesome, beating the shit, like literally beating the shit, like using his super strength to beat the shit out of his enemies. Are we talking about and fisting I... again? <laughs> super fisting. <laughs> I want Superman to be fisting General Zod. It's going to be incredible. Everybody hold on Michael your seats. Michael Shannon's General Zod, though. That's going to be amazing. I think that the movie is going to have its moments. I just think that thematically it's going to just completely overshoot it for me. Like, it's just not what I'm wanting tone-wise. Well, and, and that's it. I think so far the tone looks completely off because Superman needs to be a bright, hopeful paragon of virtue not some emo kid with a beard on a fishing boat. <laughs> um, like, All-Star Superman, to me, is the perfect Superman story. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, and that's... I don't understand why people don't get that, that that's what Superman is. He's that bright, shining hope. He's not... Uh, he's not one of us. He's apart from us. He doesn't have the same problems that we have. He doesn't sit out behind his job and weep. 
that's not his deal. He's hopeful and, and, you know, is, is someone to, to look up to. And he is brighter than us and better than us. He's not one of us. And that's trying to make him that is, is a mistake, I think. Mm-hmm. There was, um, I actually, for some reason, got sucked into Smallville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think that, um, I didn't think that that version of Clark Kent was the most interesting. They made him very milk toast in such a way they picked uh, Tom Welling was just not an interesting actor to watch. Right. Um, but it sort of made it in some ways like you could put your face here. You <laughs> could be here. Like it just made him so every day and not necessarily like brooding, but he was just in some ways a good person. Like he was just so boring that you're like oh you're so boring because you're such a good person <laughs> well he Superman? he was he he was good to the point of inactivity he would never make a decision it was always one of his lady friends saving the day mm-hmm. or once they started bringing the other other superheroes into the show which some of them got to wear their costumes like how do you not let superman wear his costume in a show that's about Superman, but you have the Legion of Superheroes show up in costumes. <laughs> or the they Justice just, Society. They wanted to make it, that's such a WB thing too, is yeah. like, make it pretty and make it look like anybody who's in a fraternity could do this. Like, it's very, it's such a strange way to approach television. All of their shows is so pretty. Well, I wish I was in a fraternity that did that. <laughs> that wore costumes, but not you because you're Tom Welling. That's his name, right? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, Tom Welling. You're right. You're right. Okay, just checking. Um, I gotta say that Lex Luthor though is my favorite. The Smallville Lex Luthor. Oh I yeah, was, oh he's good. Yeah, he's, he's great. brilliant. Well, and he's he's good at everything because he did uh, Flash's voice on the Justice mm-hmm. League cartoon. And he's a voice actor. Yeah, he, he's just at good at, just as good at that as he is at being Lex Luthor, which is is quite a you know that's that's different ends of the spectrum there. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's acting. That is acting. So have y'all watched Arrow? I watched a very li- I watched like 15 minutes of episode two. That's how far I am. What about you people? <laughs> I've watched nothing. Oh, shit. I- I've heard that it was really good, but I mm-hmm. have not added it to my very uh, filled television watching schedule. What is your schedule, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> What's in there? Do you really want? <laughs> sure, if it is a needless thing, plug. Absolutely. Let's see, I, I, I will quickly go through some things. So, uh, Walking Dead, not in premieres right now. Uh, Game of Thrones, in premieres right now. Uh, Monday night, Adventure Time, regular show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, New Girl. Uh, don't hate. I'm not New Girl. I smiled. New Girl, y'all. I love that shit. <laughs> Uh, Wednesday, Modern Family. Um, I don't even know what else do I watch. Parks and Recreation. RuPaul's Drag Race. I watch that shit. (laughs) That is a nerdy thing to watch. (laughs) It's about costume. I watch lots of cartoons. Uh, So Adventure Time, best mythology on television right now. Uh huh. I mean that that show consistently blows me away with with the depth and and the world that. They're building. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wish I could speak more to it because I actually, I feel so, I feel kind of lost even. I love the art so much in that show and I have not even, I feel like even dipping my toe in that I'm sort of lost in it and I don't know where to start. And I'm actually, um, a really big, uh, Venture Brothers fan. Um, yeah. and 
I I think of it in some ways kind of like that, like where do I start? How do I get into this world? There's a lot going on. Um, and that's a show that I feel like I've been watching for years and I know exactly what's going on, but and I feel like it's very similar in that sense. It, it's hard to sort of jump in midstream. Um, I know that my Saturdays and Sundays have been jammed to hell. Um, I've been watching Doctor Who. Yes. Um, of course, and that's been just such a fun renaissance of just it's weird to watch a family friendly show i don't i I don't know i mostly watch just hbo real sex i don't it's weird to watch that show um and it's strange to go from something like the walking dead or game of thrones that that uh sort of have have boundaries of, of violence and uh and and sexual depictions and and language and then go to something like Doctor Who, and for the most part, they have stinkers. But for the most part, it's equally as entertaining. On mm-hmm. a complete, it's almost like Pixar. Well, it's it's also that that show doesn't have the budget that stuff like Game of like an HBO production would have, or things that are on AMC. It has definitely a smaller budget, and and BBC has been doing a lot to to stretch that. But it's been neat to see it grow from like, okay, there's a bunch of mannequin parts coming out a door. Am I going to watch this again? And I don't watch it for a year because I I just write it off, and then you start to grow to love the shitty production value, and then the production value gets better, and you're like, well, it's still kind of shitty, but I love it still. Well, and that's so. what, I mean, I, I came up as a kid watching the old Doctor Whos with the, the you know, talk about shitty production value. You have <laughs> cardboard spray-painted with LED lights poking through it. I mean, literally, <laughs> the the budget on that show. And it's funny, we we talk about this all the time on Earth Station like Who. like production value. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's not a bad place to come from because it forces creativity. Mm-hmm. And that comes through in what what ends up as the final product. And I, I think there's something to be said for not having the biggest budget in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes creative people be more creative. They can't rely on well, if if we think up this, we can just throw it in with CG later on. If right. that's not an it's option, you, you got to come up with something else. Yeah, it gives you a limit and a constraint. And even within the writing, you're sort of like, well. I, I want to make a supernova, and then you kind of have to figure out, like, well, this, can this be a supernova? Sure, right? We can just take some cardboard and put this chalk behind it, and someone will go, I want it to look better, and then they'll figure it out. And so they'll come up with a medium that may be lights poking through a board. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing is, it's all in service of the story, and if you have a good story, none of that really matters anyway. Ah, the Aristotelian triangle of drama. Yes. I don't know what you just said, but it no, sounded it's, awesome. It's um, it, when I, when you study drama, they teach you that uh, story plot—that's the most important thing, and that's why most uh, whenever you look at a log line, they try to talk about story first. Um, as long as you have a good story, you can go anywhere. In in Greek times, it was um, anything that involved a tragic flaw was how they would look at it. Um, for example, hubris might bring somebody down. Um, character was second. Um, the third, I, I think the third might have been s- either setting a theme. I'm not looking at it right now. Uh, the fourth <laughs> is probably lemonade. As long as you have lemonade in your story, you're good. Oh, that sounds like a good piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And then finally, gay sex. Gay sex, yes. That's if it. The... You have gay sex, it's entertaining for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like... why Spartacus was so good. Oh my god, I was just getting ready to say, can we talk about Spartacus? Sure, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, so I think that Spartacus is the best. <laughs> Why is it the best, Pete? Please elaborate. <laughs> because it's a bunch of fucking amazingly hot, half-naked dudes beating the living shit out of each other. Plus Rome. It's like, sure, whatever. <laughs> it's like a bunch of hot, fleshy dudes and blood. What more does a man want? If If, if you if play you the play Spartacus drink drinking game... You will run out of alcohol within 10 minutes of the show start. <laughs> and I will also add, you know, the ladies in that show are also fucking hot as shit. Like, what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful. bunch of pretty people. It's just wonderful. Is there, it, wait, okay, so I'm assuming this is Rome. Are there vomitoriums in the show? What's a vomitorium? It's where people puke. Um, cause they ate so much. I yeah. haven't seen the newest season. But, uh, I've seen everything except for the last two episodes, which are the finales of the entire series. Well, that's where you would put the vomitorium, I would think. I imagine. No, you you gorge yourself on olives or something, and then you're like, Bleh, like you put a stick in your throat and you puke. Oh, that's I, where Roman bath comes from. Mm-hmm. I will say for anyone that has not watched Spartacus that the finale of the first season of Spartacus, Blood and Sand, is the single most satisfying prim- or finale... Of any series ever. Yes. Yeah. I was jumping on my couch, mm-hmm. like, s- screaming, throwing a fit. It was amazing. Well, and you well, never believe for a second that it's actually going to turn out like that. Oh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> I need to be satisfied. I'm uh, currently watching Vikings on oh, the History Channel. Oh, I've heard that's good. I, uh, I feel like I'm biased because... I just love people in boats, so I've been really into it because of the boats. Um, and there's there's some amazing characters in there. I think the it's hard to tell how much of it is historically accurate and how much isn't, but it's neat to see that's a story that I haven't really seen been told much. Is uh, how the Norse conquered uh, England or attempted to conquer parts of England during the raids. It's it's fun. Uh, there are some invited threesomes in it. That's hashtag sex. Um, also, there's. I think every episode has a little bit of sex in it. They put something in there all the time. It's it's good for that for people who are flex holes. Um, <laughs> Game of Thrones, of course. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I uh, now I'm like I'm blanking on all the oh Madman. Um, Madman. Madman, uh, I've been watching The Guild finally, and I think the second season picks up a little, but I'm still, I don't know, I just, one of those, one of those background shows you Madman. put on at the gym. Um, but I've actually been, I try to I play. I Naughty Contest at the gym. Ooh, that's good. I'm not even kidding, it's a great, like, gym album. That's a solid that's plug. A, I think a lot of my so. listeners probably <laughs> hit the gym <laughs> often <laughs> and frequently. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, it's a, it's a good one if you just need something to fall out of your shorts, you just put that on and maybe you just, you lose track of where your parts are going. Um, I've actually, so, I know I mentioned that I, I try to play games, um, I feel like this year I've been a little behind, like I finally got around to playing Far Cry 3, um, I know that you, uh, Phantom are not a big gamer, but... I'm going to recommend that for anybody who likes to have tigers as an ally and or kill you. Um, if you like being trapped on an island like Lost, play that game. 
Uh, or kill things with a machete. Kill them. It's, uh, it's a good one. Uh, also Nino Cooney. Nino. You can Cooney. play that on the PS3. Um, if you like Pokemon, but also Miyazaki movies, and something that's blatantly Pokemon, but a Miyazaki movie, play Nino Cooney. Hmm. That sounds a like a, a good marketing idea. There you go. You know what? It's beautiful. It brings a tear to your eye, and uh, it's a lot of grinding. So put on your favorite albums, like the Naughty Contest, over and over, because you'll be in dungeons for I was, hours. I was going to say, stones. not, not mm-hmm. the sort of grinding that Lysexoflex typically endorses. No, no. Old school uh, video game level grinding, um, which used to be a fun activity while playing Final Fantasy VI. Um Yes, yeah, so that's some some dorkery. Any more dorkery you want to chat about? I think I think that uh, pretty much buttons it up for dorkery. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about Dragon Con? <gasps> Dragon Con. What about it? Where should we start? That's Sexoflex, everybody. Uh, it's been absolutely awesome talking to you guys. Uh, it, I, I'm not lying when I tell you that you're kind of the reason I started doing this podcast. Uh, when I first, I, I first started doing Q and A's on the site last year, 
and when I first approached you guys, it was to do just one of my 13 question Q and A's and you guys were so friendly and so nice and so gracious when I met you. Uh, I didn't feel like that was good enough. Oh, and, and that's the truth. I, I wanted more for you guys because I've enjoyed what you do so much. Uh, and, and it's really become like a cornerstone of, of my dorkery. Uh, Sexoflex has. So I, I really wanted, I was like, well, I'll just start a podcast and then interview them and that's what'll happen. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, I, I ended up doing two more before this one and, and they've both gone really well and, and will continue after this. I've, I've gotten some great guests on and now I've, uh, I've had you guys and you've been fantastic. It's been a great chat and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Phantom. It's, that's, it, we're so touched. We don't know what to do with ourselves because we're orgasming. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and, uh, much like the first example of telekinesis, the first and likely only orgasm caused by needless things. Huzzah. And there you go. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> wow. That one's in the can. Lay sexoflex. Lay Sexoflex just happened. The people I wanted to have on this show. The reason I started this show and they were on here and they were super cool and we had a bunch of fun talking. Uh, it was a great time. I want to mention a couple of things here. Uh, Marriott Cock Squat was the last track that you heard that kind of popped in uh, right after we were going to start talking about Dragon Con. If you'd like to hear me and Lay Sexoflex talk about Dragon Con, then you're going to have to check out uh, Earth Station 1's Con Report for April because that is where that segment of the interview ended up. Uh, I wanted to get a little something for Director Faber, so I cut that out, sent it over to ESO, shot it up to the station, and he's going to stick it in there, and, and uh, people are going to be thoroughly offended by use of the word cock in the ESO network. I, I warned him to warn people. Uh, also, want to mention the songs that you heard and are hearing right now, as a matter of fact. The intro and the track playing right now, this is the backing track for Procrastivate which is my favorite song off the Naughty Contest. Uh, also, you heard the intro to the Naughty Contest, as well as Mindify and Piggy. Uh, all of that from the Naughty Contest. And then the final track was Marriott Cock Squat, which is from the mixtape in Vagin the Possibilities. You can get all of that music from LaySexoflex.com. Uh, throw them a few bucks for the Naughty Contest. You don't have to, but you should. Uh, it was really sweet of them to say, they, you know, just, just download it if you want it. But you know what? You can spare a couple of bucks for these creative people doing awesome stuff. They're, they're bringing really cool stuff into your life. Uh, you know, I, I say give them a couple of bucks. Uh, Invagine the Possibilities, on the other hand, completely free. Go, you have no excuse not to go download that immediately. It's incredibly fun. Tons and tons of good stuff on it. I guarantee you'll listen to that thing for like a week straight the first time you download it. Uh, and, and again and again after that. It's what I've done. And the Naughty Contest is the actual album from Les Exoflex. And it's awesome too. Uh, these guys were so much fun. I really enjoyed talking to them. I uh, can't wait to, to talk to them again to see them play a show again. Uh, and for whatever they have in store, you can find the video uh, that we were talking about for Suck Dick Eat Cheetos on their Vimeo page, uh, as well as all the other videos they've uh, put out there for songs like Poop on Your Face and Juice Box uh, and Twin Cest. 
So check all of that out. The Sexoflex is fantastic. They deserve your love, your attention, and your support. Uh, that's it. We're done. Check out needlessthingssite.com for all the information you need about this podcast. Uh, in addition to the toy reviews I do, the movie reviews I do, uh, all the dorkery that I try and keep up with on a day-to-day basis, I post five times a week if possible. Uh, and I even have some guest posts coming in right now, which is pretty cool. So, needlessthingssite.com, lasexoflex.com, and stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Weird Al Yankovic. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Should be out sometime around the end of May, if we're lucky and if I stay motivated. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Later. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.